You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. If it's the seventh day of Hanukkah in the afternoon, this must be Rizcho Dalaisa. I'm Avram Kivalevich, and I'm here with Harav Agayin Rabbi Yisav Gabriel Bechofer. He isn't yet setting up his Neiros for Zeis Hanukkah, but I can see already Chochmas is Toyer Ponov, Chochmas Deziv Toyer Ponov. I can imagine that the Neir Hanukkah have done their job for you, have given you the Resichos and the power of Toyer Shabalpeh, and Vyeser Seis, Vyeser Eis. Last week, Rabbi Yisav Gabriel, I brought to the table uh, my reading uh, material for uh, Friday night when I was, uh, which was the New Yorker. And we got a lot of uh, encouraging um, feedback based on our discussion there. And this week, I know you wanted to bring to the table some of your reading material, which, by the way, is, used to be my reading material, too, when I could get the uh, uh, Abels and Hyman to to allow me to print the stuff out. And I used to print out the Divrei Siach every week, which is, although it doesn't have award-winning essays in it, like the New Yorker, it does represent uh, usually only two pages of tidbits from the real Sarah Teira, Rav Chaim Kanievsky, sometimes a beautiful picture, many times uh, nicely uh, collected uh, pieces from his uh, voluminous writings, but also a lot of uh, edus from what people have heard him say. Uh, obviously, the editor, I forgot what his name is, Fischoff or something like that. I think he has access to Rav Chaim. Goldstein. Kolchov. So he has access to Rav Chaim that others do not. And many times there's a lot of personal tidbits there that uh, make for enjoyable reading. Now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong about this. When it comes to Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, or any of the special days in Klal Yisrael, the Divrei Siach, the edition, uh, decides to pack the material. And for some reason, uh, Parsha's uh, Vayeshev's edition, I don't have it in front of me, uh, had a number of pages dedicated to some of the incredible accomplishments that Rav Chaim Kanievsky uh, uh, has been able to be poil with his das. He has been the vanguard of so many important changes uh, to the Jewish body uh, in terms of how they've accepted Torah and mitzvahs in much a much stronger way. And specifically, particularly, the fact that all over uh, Eretz Yisrael now, Jewish neighborhoods and communities uh, are using generators for their electric power on Shabbos. They're not relying on the municipal electricity, uh, something that the, the Rav Chaim's father, the stipler, wrote about and was against. Um, and since, I guess, the 40s and 50s, when uh, the initial writings of uh, the stipler and others and, uh, were against using generators, of course, the Chazanish, so famously, um, it has built up steam, you'll pardon the pun, uh, and uh, gone through many, many communities. I remember, of course, when I was near to Israel in the mid-70s, where the generators were, but they were not everywhere. And now they are, they are all over the place. And every single shkuna, uh, that from shkuna that's being built, uh, these generators are there. And the, uh, the editors of the Divrei Siach were uh, praising uh, Rav Chaim, for being piled this wonderful change in the from world. 
And this was something that needs to be uh, recognized and celebrated along with the Torah and the wisdom of Rav Chaim. Uh, so if I, if I put it together succinctly enough for you about what, it, what they are saying there? Very well, very well put. Okay. Uh, now, what, what got your ire? What, what got you steamed up about this? First of all, I have to ask, uh, uh, let you know, I'm about to take a short break in the middle to pay the people are shoveling our snow. As uh, you know, we have. Okay, people. well, I, I'll, I'll press the pause button when you tell me to, but go ahead. Uh, you know, uh, I was having actually uh, um, fr- uh, an acquaintance of both of us over on Shabbos um, for, for a meal at my daughter Haida, and uh, I, show, I was spoken about this article. And he pointed out to me that there's always another side to these things, which I have not realized. And he said, generators all over Eretz Yisrael cause tremendous problems in these case training. Evidently, they are put up in places where, without regard to the, the noise that they make, without regard to the um, fumes that they emit, and uh, without regard to... But of, of, of whatever other issues are involved with them, I don't know. But that seems like enough, the um, sanity and safety of the population. And I did a very uh, uh, brief internet search for Generator and Miske Shrenim and Generator and Rash. And uh, I, one of the articles I came up back in 2014, uh, actually I came up with two articles, which I'm sure will be posted to the site. Um, the uh, two articles about the generators in 2014, and you can actually see a picture in the uh, one of the um, <laughs> in one of the articles uh, from Kikar Shabbat, uh, where you can see the generators in very very close proximity to houses, and the people there evidently protested the existence of these generators, and they were told by the court was told Nebuch to remove the generators, and basically there's a whole of discussion about the city of B'nai Brak first put them up illegally, then made them legal, issuing the permits after they were built, and then ignoring the, the court, but the court ordered them to remove it, and finally the court imposed a fine of 4,000 shekel a day, and the people who came, the, the people who um, attacked, the, pe- the people who protested against the generators, they said, eh, the Hatoshavim Haredim Shepanu Beit Hamishpat, the the Haredi residents who turned to the courthouse Nevakim Besoposha the Barbid Galei Ador. The final houses are they are uh, um, taking up an issue with the Gdolei Torah over Marana Sar HaTorah Agrach Kenievsky. Heim Chilonim Bilavush Haredi. The people who complain about the generators are the Chilonim secular Jews masquerading to be Haredi Jews. And uh, in fact, in the um, in the uh, um, in the comments, the people complain. They say we're not chilonim; we're all charedim, and we can't. The, the noise and the the, the, the other bad, negative phenomena are terrible, terrible, horrible uh, phenomena. And um, yeah, okay, we, well, 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 you know what? Okay, go ahead. Oh, and I don't want to interrupt the sorry. And, uh, uh, that uh, they doubt that Rukhaim Kanievsky would have said, and I doubt that Rukhaim Kanievsky would have said, put up a generator, even though it's going to inflict pain and torture on people who live in its proximity. I was told that in places like here at Safer, what happens is either 
They put up the generator in a place where the people are poor and, and bereft of political power so they can't protest. Or where the generator goes up, it dramatically diminishes the value of the apartments which are in the area. So such a generator really should not exist in the middle of the city. When I was younger, I had a, was once one time, I should so let me go back up over here. My, my, my relatives who lived in the middle of Yushalayim had a heter for a T-Pace of Frank to use uh, the, the city's um, electricity, even though they were highly from, because they lived right near the bigger Cholim Hospital. And T-Pace of told them that, as, maybe it was, actually maybe it was Rebuve and Bengus, I don't remember who it was, one of the two, said to them that, uh, you know, since you're near the hospital, and the hospital needs electricity for, uh, for uh, Pikov Nefesh, so you're allowed to also use electricity in your area. But I had another relative, a relative, where I once ate on a Shabbos night, and the whole electricity they had in the house, that a big car battery, to which were attached two little flashlight bulbs. And that was all electricity they had in the apartment. And the people here make the point, if you don't want to use electricity on Shabbos, fine, use a battery with light, or use candles. But what right do you have to do this to the rest of the community? One other point is that the, uh, I was told also, that in places where they use the generators, they cannot put air conditioners on the generators. The cost, is, the cost and the strain is too prohibitive. So therefore, many of these people who live in very hot cities, they run their lights off the generator, but they run their, their air conditioners off the grid. So therefore, there's some intrinsic hypocrisy involved as well. Okay, so that's uh, what I really was interrupting you for was for you to tell us that this campaign that the Chazanish started, I, I suppose, to grumble about and to start pushing, and then his brother-in-law of the Stipler, and then from Rapayim, uh it was a campaign because there were Gedele Yisrael who didn't believe this was an issue. Let's see, Pesach and others. I don't. Is, is Rishlam Zalman? I don't. I think he's not on. He, of course, was... Yeah, uh, was Mako, but he himself was Mahmoud, personally. Uh-huh. So, in, in terms of in his own home, okay. that he did not use the... Right. So, clearly, uh, that type of kula, similar to the kulas that Rav Moshe issued, um, should really stand, in other words. Whereas uh, Rav Chaim, I, I believe the article pointed out, the one that we started talking about originally, said that Rav Chaim, in the last couple of years, in the last, I guess, the last couple of decades... His brachos are always with and use kosher electricity. And you'll get a bracha if you stop using uh, chashmal. And in other words, Rukhayim, by virtue, not only because he kept it, but when people would come to him and people would see him as the the, the source of bracha, would always add, and you better use kosher electricity. And that really caused this sort of shockwave, uh, this current to run throughout that everybody said, well, Rafaim says you, you yeah, need good line there, good line. Yes, okay. I, you missed a couple of them before, but the, right. the point the point is, I know you're worried about paying the, the, the your, your shovelers, but yeah, you know, maybe you can get that done by electricity someday. <laughs> but, like in the Jetsons, you can maybe have your Rosie go out there and sweep it up. But the point though is, is that um, you know, Rafaim uh, clearly felt that this was important, and people have. Uh, have, have, have used Rav Chaim's brachos and psalkim, uh to, to push this, this factor. I, 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 now, I think 
our listeners are, are mature enough and um, you know, savvy enough to know that that it might not have been your original critique uh, on Shabbos, uh, but uh, I think it's morphed to the point that you believe that Rav Chaim needs to be called out for this, or Rav Chaim seems to have erred in pushing this. As a- I don't believe Rav Chaim needs to be called. You're mistaken. I don't. I believe Rav Chaim has. I, I, I believe Rav Chaim is Mufka from this world. Have we talked about this in the past? Oh well, we all we've spoken about Rav Chaim Sunside many times, but yeah. yes. So there's a famous joke about Rav Chaim, which is, may not be true, but indicates what, what where, where Rav Chaim is holding. That once he was in Asifa of Gdali Israel together with his father, and they were all compl- everybody was complaining about the government, and Rav Chaim got up and said, "Yes, this woman Golden Mayor, she's terrible. We have to get rid of her." And his father said to him, sit down. She's been dead for years already. <laughs> so they, so I, they don't, again, I don't know if it's like Shibchei Abesht. I don't know if the story is true or not true, but it has a point. And the point is that Reb Chaim is Mufka from this world. He lives in his own world. They say about Reb Chaim, and again, I don't know if it's true, but they don't say it about me and you, is that he, they once asked him a question about something in Beit Shemesh. And he asked, where is Beit Shemesh? Is it his own Chutzlaris? So the, um, so the uh, Reb Chaim the, the, knows Bnei Brak, Petach Tikva, Tzfat, and Yerushalayim, because those are places he'd been. Yerushalayim is not of this world. He's an Ilan Ifla. Okay. I have no times against him. I have no times against the Rugged Shover. Uh, 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 hold on, hold on. Remember Rabbi Fassman's story about when he went to visit the Rugged Shover, and he said, Fassman, Rabbi Shalom, um, he's uh, one of the underappreciated figures in uh, Jewish, American Jewish history. Maybe she'll program him in someday. But, uh, I, I had a wonderful relationship with him, and I, I consider him probably the best example of a rabbi I've ever seen in terms of being able to give a drosha, being able to handle balabatim. He was he was magnificent, magnificent. But go ahead, ask rabbi. And his son, uh, I have to give him a lot of credit too. He was uh, a wonderful. His son, a big big tamachacham, was Rishkoil in uh, Lakewood, Koil in L.A. Also wonderful, wonderful person. But go ahead. Yeah. So he. Um... He said, he said once he said when he left they when they went to visit in Eastern Europe and they went to visit Rogachov and they spoke him learning for a while. And I, I, then uh, as he was leaving, the Rogachover asked him where are you going next? They said they're going to Eretz Yisrael. They met Rav Kook, if I recall correctly. And as the, the Rogachover said, in Eretz Yisrael, they don't know how to learn. And he slammed the door. <laughs> so that, so you know, there are certain people who I don't and Rabbi Brom, Rabbi Brom, sometimes I think of you in this respect. Wow. People who are mufka from this world because they are holding a hecher and yonim and higher, higher spheros. And therefore, we can't hold them accountable for all their uh, unique um, idiosyncrasies. Or, uh, or well, even though, you've, even though you've put me into the most august, incredible uh, company, uh, still, a Pleisic understands and a Rav understands. So, but really, what you're telling us is that that even though Rav Chaim feels it should happen everywhere, Rav Chaim is not aware of babies being woken up. Rav Chaim is not aware of the fact 100%. that he's definitely not aware. Uh, definitely not aware. I, I, I think they say about Rav Chaim. That he yeah, certainly is grandchildren, but I think his children even didn't know their names. Yes, he did. This is not a this, uh, but they, yes, they don't see it about me and you. Uh, well, maybe not you, they do, okay. but not about me. Okay, I, I know from Rav Chaim's sons, they talk about how he took them. You talk about Svas, 
he took them also to the beach and he walked yes. with them and, and right. put them on okay. his shoulder and he danced yeah. with them. He yeah. had a great, he is yeah. not this robot. Who, it's not right. at all robot. I don't think, I didn't want to get an impression. To me, he's, I've, who's never met him, seems like a warm, funny person who has a good sense of humor. A very good sense of humor. That is extremely patient yes. and has wonderful concern for for other, for Claudius Yisrael. But he's, the, this, uh, people have made him, as they say, into a getchka. All these people who have put out books about the one-word answers they got from him walking to from to and from Letterman. And, uh, uh, the first time I saw such a book was at one of my nephew's bar mitzvahs. And I took it from him and I said, you're not allowed to have such a book. It's a joke. You can't have <laughs> such a book on your shelf. I, I'm taking it away. So and, you gave, and you gave him a big dashesh instead. Years later, I returned it because I realized <laughs> that's the trend nowadays. So the uh, what am I supposed to do? But that the, the people... Have made it, uh, have made him into whatever they made him, and it's not him. And I don't hold him accountable for this at all. I, as again, as they say, many of the comments here. If some of you go and ask Reb if you can sacrifice Nisheshkenim on the altar of the generator, nobody thinks he would say so. Well, it's, it's again, I have a hard. Well, we know, by the way, well, we know he's told many people, don't put up a generator; it's going to bother other people. But in Rabbi Goldstoff's the Reisiach and other places that's not politically correct to print. So they only print what they want, what works right. for them. Okay, so now you're already in territory that I can be more accepting. What you've set up until now, although it sounds extremely complimentary, really for many of our listeners, makes from Chaim into this brilliant boob. Then, which, I, which, which, which is no, really... Then, no, no. The, the, uh, one of the, the Rosh Yeshiva in the... Or Sameach, or, 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 and one of my simchas got up. He claimed he wasn't speaking about me, but nevertheless, I took it as a compliment. He said that once he went to Yaakov to complain about a certain person, about strange things he was doing, and Yaakov said, "Eres an ilui, un an ilui hot the rech So there is, uh, so there is this notion, and which I think is one hundred percent true. That, you know, Albert Einstein, right? He couldn't couldn't bother to match his socks. Right, was always looking disheveled and schlumpy. Uh, the, the the story about Rabbi Ruderman when he was taking a walk in Baltimore and he got lost and he called and they found and um, they uh, he went to a phone booth and called the yeshiva and they asked him, well, what corner are you at? And he went out and said, went look that went out of the telephone booth and he looked at the telephone booth and he said, I'm at come back in and says I'm at the corner of telephone and telephone. <laughs> so, the, um, so these stories. They are. They have certain truth to them about people holding out know, the story about Rabbi Yaakov. Stories about Rabbi Yaakov Safso walking like an old man, like a bag man. The Vishkariuli. The Vishkariuli. Yeah. So what? So these stories are, are are piquant, and we appreciate them because we understand there are people who are mufka from this world, and we respect them for that. So, in other words, I think what you're saying is is that uh, you know Rav Chaim. Uh, unlike the Vishka Ili and others that everybody knew was brilliant but not part of this veld, Rav Chaim has been, uh, has been uh, brought com- so completely into this world to actually, not only a, a beloved figure, but actually a, a figure of authority, a figure of, of, uh, that we shape our lives based on. And you're feeling that uh, that probably should never have happened. 
and 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 it's because of the force of who Rav Chaim is that I think many of these people, according to what you're saying, it's not that they're not sensitive to Nizchei Shchenim. They just believe that this is what the Godel Hador has told us to do, and you can you can bear the fact that it's noisy on Shabbos the same way I guess you bear the fact that every morning uh, the Muzian. Uh, gets, you know, the clarion call uh, gets called out in Yerushalayim, right? And at night, these are part of the noise you get used to. You know, I assume, you know, people that grew up living, you know, I, I, I spent um, a number of, uh, almost a year living um, in the backyard of the LIRR. I had an apartment off Lefferts Boulevard in Queens. And our backyard was the was the was the was the train the elevated train every 15 minutes the house shook the the noise the shaking eventually you get used to it that's life you want to live here that's life is it so terrible Rabbi Yisif, to say that whether you agree with it or not eventually even loud noises and generators hooping and smoke you get used to it and this is something that you're able to be well, you know, with the area where long and where it is you knew it was there ahead of time so therefore, this is very different. Excuse me, now I have to go pay the, uh, the guy. So, so, so. Yeah, so uh, I, go ahead. So the, you, you, you said one side of the, trying to understand the psyche of the people who nevertheless ride roughshod over other people uh, with gen, for generator, pro-generators and such like, because they feel that they're doing the ruts and the go to the door and that takes precedence over any other consideration? I don't think so. I think that it's usually very often the un, the opposite that they use the bottle of the door as an excuse to uh, allow themselves to engage in kanos, which in and of itself is a very very enjoyable and pleasurable um, form of uh, uh, self fulfillment, uh, self aggrandizement, um, elevating one's self esteem. And that the Gedolim are the tools by which this venture in zealotry is accomplished. Uh-huh. Well, uh, you know, what you, what you just said, uh, Rabbi Yosef, can probably be packaged for many, many causes. Absolutely. Look, we know that the Gedolim Teira operate on a different level. They're talking about the idea and learning. They obviously feel... The, the Hamayin who aren't involved in the Sugis, but hey, I feel good. I'm part of this crew. I'm part of the non-Shabbos users of a non I only use generators on Shabbos. And that causes a, a sense of camaraderie, a sense of connection. And you're right, a sense of Nitzuach over the ones that don't, which has really been common in many, many uh, factors, right? Many, many issues in Aloha. So, um, that's, that's right. that, or again, you could probably come up with with hundreds of of examples, um, but I, I you know I, you know I, I know that um, you know niske shchenim is clearly uh, an important issue. Because it's in Basra. Yes, yes, and that's the big day sheish is the uh, is is the ultimate safer in Baba Basra. I, I, I can't believe anybody could even mention Baba Basra without thinking about the Big Day Sheesh, uh, especially in the Divrei Agoda. I mean, you have to get used to the different font because yeah. in the Agoda, you know, the Machaber, the Machaber goes on, he writes in a different style there. But uh, in, in Halacha, you know, he's, he's the classic rabbinic Lamdan. In the Agoda, he, he's almost the second coming of 
in a Rav Hutner, I think, over there, in the, uh, in the Divrei Agoda there. A Koponim, yes, the big Deshesh of Babasra and Iskeshenim, clearly something that we should familiarize ourselves with. Although, I, I, again, I, you know, I, I, I really believe that, uh, despite all your protestations, um, there really exists here, and I, you know, David Hoch is, is is correct. There are a lot of uh, um, there are a lot of holes in the in the Haredi uh, attitude. I don't know if it's if, it, if 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 we should, however, paint things with such a broad brush. Um, you know, I, I, there's always going to be um, you know the molim uh, that are going to be uh, you know in the Karen. There's always going to be the 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 the, the small minded. You know, I, I do believe there are there are ways that this could probably be dealt with in a hecher of vague. Um, let, let, let me put it this way: both of again, you live in Muncie, which I guess is um, uh, you know is different than where I live. But you know, part of me would long to live in one of these neighborhoods, despite all the what you call hypocrisies and other issues. The fact that there is such a level of of of, of frumkite, the fact there is such a level of mesiras nefesh. Uh, I, I think it would, in many ways, you know, I think about living here where I am, where, you know, there's, there's Christmas parties, there's lights from, uh, there's, there's, there's explosions on July 4th. There's all these other things that are going on that's part of living life in Golis. You know, I, I think we should, you know, recognize the beauty, despite the fact that there is, you know, this element, the beauty of living in, 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 a, in a city of Tyre, of Haredim, of, 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 of everybody being Meiser Nefesh, everyone who talks to God and stands there uh, with Yira and Pachad, who light the, the Hanukkiot with, with a Simcha and a Slavos. I, again, I, I sort of feel that, that when we're sitting here, you know, criticizing... It's interesting you say this, because one of my Talmudim who was a uh, uh, a uh, frequent listener to this program uh, just complained to me last night how being in how living in an area of Haredim seems so real, surreal, surreal, surrealistic to him because nobody he knows or most people he knows here don't believe in that coronavirus really exists. They don't believe that there's such a thing actually exists and I guess they take the Trump Trumpist view that uh, it's all a hoax, uh, Chinese hoax. So um, he was saying he doesn't know if he can live in a Haredi area, in a Haredi society, when he, when he actually has to make the decision of where to live and raise a family. And he said he's thinking now going to uh, maybe to see what it's like on the other side. He's thinking going specifically to Rabbi Chetzishiv in Farakaway. So, um, I see. Yeah. So, so we, but, you, but you're not moving. I mean, here you are. You're in, you're in the well, heart of the Haredi it, world. Yeah, I think it's better to, I think, I disagree. I think it's better to live in the Haredi. After all, said and done. Yes, I agree with you. But there are people who have this problem. And these people would also have the problem of the generators as well, I'm sure. Although we can ask him or he can write to us and tell, him, tell us. But uh, it, yes, in principle, I agree with you. In practice, sometimes it becomes very difficult. And we don't want... I, I think the problem is we hold... Not to alienate people. Look, we hold Haredi Shevelt and Rav Chaim and others to a very high standard. Um, and I think that, um, again... Uh, you know, I, I, it would be, it's interesting that what you, the article you sent to me 
was from, I believe, uh, a secular Israeli court that ruled against the community. It's interesting that these cases, uh, there's no record in Bote Dinim. I mean, this, this, this is a Haitian Mishpat Shaila. They should really, maybe, uh, we should have probably seen some record of it in, 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 in the, in the real Bezdin, right? There should have been some record of it. I'm wondering why there aren't any fingerprints of that. Know, but this much I can tell you is that somebody once told me they wanted to take a rabbi from the RCA to uh, the base of America. This is years ago. And base of America will not take a suit against the RCA. So, um, the RCA Rav. So, I, you know, I'm sure there's Nagias and there, there's, it's legitimate. But I certainly think that base of Nabrak will have difficulty taking a case against Nabrak. Or against other of these communities that are that are that are being piled. Call upon him. You know, I think that um, I'll just end since it is Hanukkah, and I happen to give a shear today on the Gemara about Chashad. And the Gemara talks about how people live in the same community, but you're mechuyev, as you remember, to light neiros on both your entrances. Now, even though the people in the community know that you've got two entrances to your home, you still have to light in both. Because um, the people might say, hmm, I'm not going to take the effort to go look around the corner what this person is doing. I'm just going to assume he's doing the wrong thing. So we've got to go out of our way to, to, to spend the money and go out there and light in two areas, even though the person knows how I live. So it's very interesting that... that but there's uh, the assumption that you are going to be judged unfavorably. There's almost an assumption, even though they know you perfectly and they know what you're about, people have a tendency, despite all the calls for Achtus, to look at others in a negative way. And we have to go out of our way in a way to to light in both places. We can't assume, right? So this, we pay lip service to Achtus constantly. We pay lip service to Avis Yisrael constantly. But Chazal, Rafuna understood that even in your Asra, Underneath that current of, uh, of and a real current, perhaps, obviously, Israel, there's also a selfishness, a sense of assuming the worst about the other person. And it's interesting that Chazal were appreciative of that. This, even, as I said, as part of Ner Hanukkah, as a way to sort of be mafarsim, the very best part of ourselves, and, and we shouldn't take anything for granted in any sort of suppositions. That's it, my friends, and ever this week. Uh, take care. We're going to try to have this up before Hanukkah is over. So a great Zeis Hanukkah for you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, should be uh, based on the... Hanukkah generate more light than warmth in the world. Yes, and, and may you be, may the Gemar Din of Hanukkah, as the, as the Bnei Soskar and others say, occurs, and may it be a, a, a Psak Din Tev for all of us. And uh, I sang this every night for Moaz Tour. You know, instead of Dechei Admoin Betzei Salmon. I don't know where we're supposed to push it out, but it completely and totally. Take care, everybody. Take care. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 